Welcome to TAC Talks, a podcast where we unpack the standards for registered training organisations to provide practical information to support business improvement and compliance practices. I wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on, the Wajak people. We wish to acknowledge and respect their continuing culture and the contribution they make to the life of this city and this region. My name is Mel Hartley from the Training Accreditation Council Secretariat, or TAC, and today I am joined by Claire Werner, one of TAC's auditors. Claire is an expert in the field of training and assessment and the standards for RTOs, and today our discussion aims to clear up the rules around transition arrangements. Good morning, Claire, and thanks for joining us. Morning, Mel. It's great to be here. Clause 1.26 of the Standards for RTOs outlines the transition and teach-out arrangements for RTOs when a training product has been superseded or removed or deleted. Because the arrangements are different for when products are superseded versus removed or deleted, we do have some confusion in the sector. There is also confusion regarding enrolments. So to start, what exactly is the difference between a superseded versus removed or deleted training product? Well, I think I need to start by saying that as we talk about this topic today, the rules are the same for training products that are within a training package and training products that are within an accredited course. All of these training products are nationally recognised and are treated in the same way. The only difference is who develops them. For training packages, it's currently the skills service organisations and next year it will be the industry clusters. And for accredited courses, it's the owner of the accredited course, which could be an individual or an organisation. I'm going to use the term training product to mean a unit of competency, a skill set, a qualification and an accredited course. And when there are differences, I'll use those terms separately. When training products are reviewed, the consultation process with industry looks at the changes that have happened in the way the work is done. Because our training products are expressions of work outcomes, when the work changes, the training products change. A superseded training product is when the work has not changed dramatically and when the existing training product is only adjusted or updated. What this is saying is that the work outcome expressed in the training product is still relevant, but some changes have been necessary. When the training package developers go through this process, they also say whether the training products are equivalent or not equivalent. When they say a training product is equivalent, it means that the work outcome is the same. In the same way, when they say it is not equivalent, this means that the work outcome has changed. In the consultation process, there are also times when it's determined that a training product is no longer relevant to the system. And this is when we end up with deleted or removed training products. What this means is the product is no longer relevant or needed by industry. And the standards deal with superseded training products and deleted training products differently. So we'll talk about what happens in each of those circumstances. So Claire, what exactly are the rules around Clause 1.26a regarding superseded training products? 1.26a is focused on what the RTO does when a training product is superseded and RTOs have to do one of two things. 
they must get their students to finish the training and assessment for the training product they're enrolled in within a year from when the new training product is added to the National Register, and that's training.gov.au, and issue the certification to those students. Or if they can't complete in that time frame, then they need to transition their enrol students to the new training product within one year. There are lots of factors that will determine which option an RTO uses for its students and is possibly different for each student depending on their circumstances. But RTOs need to remember that the fundamental principle is that the students are not disadvantaged during this transition process. There's a lot of information available from SSOs and soon from the industry clusters about upcoming changes, where the training product is at in their development process and the degree of change that can be expected. RTOs need to keep themselves up to date with this information and plan for those changes that are coming with the best interests of the students in mind. Well, what about enrolment? When should an RTO stop enrolling students in a superseded training product? That's another question that has many considerations. Firstly, have you got the new training product on your scope? If you have, enrol the students in the new training product. If you haven't got the new training product on your scope yet, you need to be able to get those students completed within a year from when the new product has been added to the National Register or be able to transition them to the new training product in that same time frame without disadvantage. If there's any doubt that this can be achieved, then the RTO should not enrol the student in the superseded training product. There is one final comment that we need to make about superseded units of competency. Everything that we've just talked about doesn't apply when a qualifications packaging rules requires the delivery of a superseded unit of competency. And this is what's detailed in clause 127 of the standards. This happens when a qualification lists a superseded unit as one of its core units, or sometimes this is mandated in legislation in particular industry areas. We've discussed Clause 1.26a, but what about the rules around Clause 1.26b and d regarding removed or deleted qualifications and accredited courses? This is one of those times when we treat the training products differently. Uh, these rules are for qualifications and accredited courses only. So again, 1.26 B and D are focused on what the RTO does when a qualification or an accredited course is deleted. So when that happens, the RTO has two years to complete currently enrolled students. The other option is that within that time frame, the currently enrolled students are transferred to a similar training product. And this is a process that the RTO manages to ensure that the student isn't disadvantaged. I stressed currently enrolled students for a reason. When a qualification or an accredited course is deleted, you cannot enrol any new students from the date the qualification is deleted from the National Register. So as an example, if the deleted date for the qualification or accredited course is the 20th of March 2022, no one can be enrolled in that qualification or accredited course from the 20th of March 2022. Your currently enrolled students would have until the 20th of March 2024 to be completed 
or transferred to a similar training product. What are the rules around Clause 1.26C and D regarding the removed or deleted skill sets and units? We might not be surprised that this is also focused on what the RTO does in those circumstances. Um, And an example might be um, a licence to drive a forklift or a module is deleted. This is similar to the requirement for a deleted qualification, but the time frame is shorter because the training product is smaller. When a skill set, a unit of competency or a module is deleted from the National Register, the RTO has got one year to complete currently enrolled students. The other option is that within that time frame, the currently enrolled students are transferred to a similar training product. And this is a process that the RTO manages, again, to ensure that the student isn't disadvantaged. You can't enrol any new students from the date the skill set, unit of competency or module is deleted from the National Register. Thank you, Claire, for all that information. So just to briefly recap, for superseded training products of all types, RTOs have one year to complete or transition students to the new training product from the date the new training product is released on the National Register. RTOs can enrol new students up to the one year date as long as the students can complete or transition to the new training product on or before the one year date arrives. That's right. And when a training package requires the delivery of a superseded unit of competency, you have to deliver the superseded unit until the training package is updated. Great. And when training products have been deleted, we treat long-form training products and short-form training products differently. Yes. Long-form training products such as qualifications and accredited courses, RTOs have got two years to complete the currently enrolled student or transfer the currently enrolled student into a similar training product. With short-form training products such as skill sets or units of competency, accredited short courses or modules, RTOs have got one year to complete the currently enrolled student or transfer them to a similar training product. And the RTO can't enrol any new students into a deleted training product from the date that it is deleted on the National Register. Is there any way RTOs can request an extension for transition period? They can. There are in fact many times when the transition period for training products is extended. Uh, We've seen this happening a lot over the past few years with the impact of the pandemic and the volume of training package changes, meaning RTOs just cannot meet the timeframe stipulated in the standards without disadvantaging students. Requests for longer transition periods can be made by RTOs or industry groups, but not by the learners. When an RTO or industry groups make a request, the request has to meet some guidelines that are set by the regulatory body, and those guidelines are outlined on the TAC website. But ultimately, RTOs and industry groups can write a letter to TAC detailing why the transition is needed and attach supporting evidence. TAC will then consider the application and if a request for a longer transition period is approved, the approval will be released on TAC's website. The arrangement will apply to all RTOs delivering that training product to that learner cohort, regardless of who made the request. The Australian Skills Quality Authority, or ASQA, 
and the Victorian Registration and Qualifications Authority, the VRQA, also have the ability to approve requests for longer transition periods for their RTOs and the approvals are listed on the regulators' websites. Thank you very much, Claire, for providing us with all that information on transition arrangements. A number of additional resources are available on the TAC website, tac.wa.gov.au, which includes the TAC User's Guide to the Standards and the fact sheet, Transition and Teach Out. You have been listening to TAC Talks with Mel and Claire. Thank you for joining us.